Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Friday night here at Pub Sports Radio. We are talking hands. I know you must have missed us last week, but there wasn't really any UFC events going on, so we decided to take the week off. So thank you for allowing us that time, and thank you for coming back and tuning in. Uh, Tonight we are going to be breaking down UFC 236, and this is Kirky Kirk, and I am here with... Timmy Bryant. Preston Ecto. And we are talking hands. So, uh, before we jump into the event, um, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to uh, our newsfeed master, Tim, um, to bring up any exciting tidbits that he's picked up over the week. I believe uh, we just had some John Jones call-outs here recently. Oh, yeah. So, today, John Jones at the press conference, um, I guess, heard Israel Adesanya say something. Because I, I, I didn't watch the press conference, but I saw on Twitter mm-hmm. where John Jones um, basically said... That in if he was like, you think you got past the 44 year old uh, greatest of all time legend and uh, you got barely got past him. What fight were you watching? Um, And come try to fight me. I'll make you scream daddy by the third or something along those lines. So John Jones versus Israel Adesanya. That'd be an exciting event. Um, I think John Jones is right about his tweet. Uh, He probably (laughs) beat uh, Israel. uh, just straight up being a really good striker himself, and he has a whole nother wrestling game that Israel's probably not going to be able to handle. Uh, John Jones is one of the only guys to ever take down Daniel Cormier. Yeah. But, but anyways, what do you guys think about that fight? Uh, Preston, your, uh, I, your I, thoughts? I, I mean, I'd be all over John Jones if that fight were to occur. I don't know if it will happen. They Dana also said today uh, DC Brock is probably not happening and Stipe is going to get the rematch. That's what he was saying. Which is good. I want to see Brock. Wait, was going to be Cormier Brock? Yeah, Cormier oh. was going to defend his title against Brock, but Dana hasn't heard from Brock since <laughs> uh, WrestleMania. That was last week. Because mm-hmm. he, like, apparently Brock got his ass kicked. It's r- fake wrestling, but he lost in two minutes and got made to look like a chump. So he was, like, going to go to the UFC, but Dana hasn't gotten the messages, so maybe Brock is going to be a recluse again back in Minnesota. So Maybe. You would think all that stuff set up, though, and he knew he was going to lose in two minutes, so it 
it shouldn't change anything in my opinion, but Yeah, but maybe he was just like, eh, I don't want to do UFC anymore, I want a break and then Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm glad though. I didn't want to see that fight, Brock. Brock no, gets not all your the favorite? fights. No, like I hate like it's the same thing with Connor. I mean we you know, it's the same deal. The big celebrities get the fights. The good fighters don't usually get the fights that they should. Kind of like how Ad- I mean, Adesanya is deserving the fights now, but his push has been, I think, a little too much. But I mean, that's just my opinion. Yeah. So, so Adesanya being overhyped, like, I understand you said you'd be all over John Jones. Is there any way uh, that Adesanya could walk out of that match a winner? Like an elbow or something. That's about it. <laughs> Just somehow. Like catches. a standing elbow, yeah. I, I don't see it because to hit a standing elbow, you've got to get in John Jones's range. So he, and he's going to throw standing elbows as well. And John Jones is just as fast and much bigger. Um, uh, John Are they Jones, in the same weight class? No, no. John Jones can fight heavyweight, and Israel Adesanya is a middleweight. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. So, yeah, and uh, John Jones has proven his greatness. Like, he's been able to take out literally everybody he's ever fought. Um, John Jones should wreck Israel Adesanya in a fight. But Israel's really good. Let's not discredit the guy. He's a phenomenal striker. But hitting John Jones, uh, another guy that's smart, is just going to stay back and wait for opportunities. He doesn't make mistakes. Uh, So someone like Israel is going to have a hard time with that guy, and especially if it hits the ground. Israel's going to eat elbows for the rest of the fight. Yeah, there's a lot of fights Israel would lose. Uh, I, I don't know about this one. We'll see. It's a close one. But, like, if, if they don't match Israel right, Israel can look real bad real quick. So, <clears throat> I, I forget. What is Israel's next fight coming up? Uh, uh, he's fine tomorrow night against Gaston. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. I thought you were talking about, like, the, like down the, the line, down like the line. if he were to fight at two hundred five, like a Luke Rockhold would beat him up. If he beats uh, Kelvin Gastelum, he's going to fight Robert Whitaker for the title. Yeah, yeah. But so that would be the fight, and then if he wins that, knowing the UFC, they'll probably immediately let him do the double champ thing and try to fight John Jones. But uh, oh. I think Israel's best bet so, would just somehow get to one seventy and fight whoever's down there at the time, because John Jones is going to be tough. Yeah, dude, that just sounds rowdy. I mean, I think it would be an interesting fight. I think it, I think Israel Adesanya has the tools to at least drag the fight out. I don't think that it would be just an absolute knockout. Um, I'd enjoy watching it, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. You, I, like, I definitely agree. John Jones walks out the winner. I would definitely buy it. Like, I'm gonna buy the fight this weekend, even though I said I would not buy ESPN Plus pay per view. But I guarantee I buy yeah, that thing. Yeah. Tomorrow. I was gonna say you would buy whatever the fight is. It, it almost doesn't matter what it costs either. Yeah. I'll probably buy it. I went and bought Artem Lobov versus Jason Knight right before the main event for thirty bucks. <laughs> that thing lasted twelve minutes, and uh, it's longer than I, I totally felt like I got my money's worth. <laughs> Yeah, I was very happy. Well, with they the they were saying that was like the best fight they've ever put on that promotion and stuff. So it was really hype. They just announced. Uh, it was a little sloppy, but what's it his was face? Fun. He won in the co-main event. Chris Lieben. He's fighting uh, Brennan Ward. Yeah, Brennan Ward. And then yeah. Pauli Malinaji versus Artem Lobov will be the championship uh, or the main event that night. It'll be June twenty second. It will be somewhere in New England. That's all we know. So I'm guessing Boston. Okay. Oh, so they legalized up there, huh? Well, it said somewhere in New England is what uh, that Feldman guy said. Oh, what do you think about Feldman's uh, comment? I don't know if either of you have seen this, but one of the fighters, um, and so I'll just kind of break it down. I forgot what fighter it was, but after one of the fights, Feldman got on the mic, and he said, 
Um, we here at Bare Knuckle uh, Fighting want to promote real fights and real exciting action. And in the last fight, he said the fighter's name, and then he said ran the entire fight. And that's not action. So we're taking half his purse and we're giving it to his opponent. And then he said the opponent's name. So just because he ran in, like, point fight, they said he's taking half his purse and giving it to the other guy. Is that legal? Depends what was in the contract. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if there was a stipulation that said that, like, that was allowed to, like, default them to a loss or that this is... Yeah, I mean, Move that, that forward the entire time fight league. <laughs> yeah, dude, that just sounds so sketchy. Yeah, because yeah, Dana White's done that. Not not take away the money, but he'll, like, banish the fighter who fights like that. Like Caleb Starnes or Snake Quarry yeah. back in the day. I just imagine Dana White, like, fucking what's-his-name from 300, just, like, kicking some dude off into a <laughs> hole, like, this is the UFC. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Well, just when you said banished. Well, Dana White, Dana White's one of the most hardcore promoters I've ever seen in any sport ever, and I think the UFC is going to severely miss the guy when he's gone. There's never going to be anybody like Dana White again, unless they do something like give Connor the president of the UFC, and then there is oh. another guy that's crazy like that, and I could totally see that going down. Maybe that's it. Maybe Connor has just set his sights on making enough money to buy Dana out of the UFC. I kind of get the He feeling. almost might be able to do it. A, a lot now. of the moves that Dana's making, um, and this is just like a total side note, like they smack very heavily of someone trying to trump up the value of a business in an effort to then turn around and sell. He and so it. I'm going to – well, yeah, no, I know. But what I'm saying is, like, the moves that he's making right now, like all the ESPN shift, all of that, like, has continued to increase the value of the UFC as a whole. Um, and so I, I don't know. It just – the moves he's making, the, the amount of fights that he's putting out there, um, things like that, it's, it's kind of like when you see uh, – you know, we'll go with a retail example um, of, like, a retail store just starts opening up. Location after location, after location, after location, because they want to show that, like, this is how much growth we have and this is, you know, how much we're we're moving and everything. Yeah. So that they can inflate the value of the business, turn around, sell. Um, So I don't know. It just kind of uh, I kind of wonder if Dana's not looking to cut bait. I wonder because what happened with uh, Dana White already is when the UFC sold for four billion dollars, Dana White was a 10 percent shareholder. Right. Uh, or, like, uh, owner. So they paid Dana White $400 million to sell his part of the UFC, uh, along with uh, the rest of it went to Lorenzo and Frank Fertitta, I believe. Well, so he's already been bought out of the company, but now he's being paid to be the president of the company on top of the $400 million he got for selling his original stake. So I'm not sure if he well, has ownership yeah, so, stake or not. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess Dana getting out of it is the, the wrong term to use. It, I wonder if the current ownership is looking to unload. Definitely. It, they could be. Uh, WME, IMG just went, or they're taking the UFC public. It's always been a private company. Oh, well, So they're going to take it public. There's a very, very fast way to inflate the value. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and that's actually a move that, that companies might often be where make it's going. right before they try to sell. Uh, so, so yeah, you could be right. kind of all just lines up. I'll be interested to see if that happens in the near future. All right. So I guess the only other piece of very interesting news that we got this week is the T.J. Dillashaw news, right? Uh, T.J. Dillashaw um, 
tested positive for EPO. Uh, to my knowledge, and I'm going to mess this all the way up, but EPO is a uh, substance that is injectable only, or at least the um, way that TJ used it. And it stimulates the growth, like the accelerates growth and um, to like a exponential level of red blood cells. And it basically makes you um, not get tired is what I understood of it. Um, Artem Lobov actually posted one of the things that a lot of fighters keep retweeting that said, give every Formula One driver 100 liters of fuel and then give one other driver 120 liters of fuel and see who goes the farthest. And he, that's what he compared the EPO to uh, for TJ using it. So uh, with Fair. TJ getting caught for that and uh, old substances being tested or old test samples being tested, such as the December 18th example or sample, um, do you believe that TJ Dillashaw's legacy is tainted? Uh, I mean, the fact that the old sample got tested and was too... I mean, yeah, I, I kind of, uh, I think it definitely takes something away from some of the victories that he's claimed so far. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I was never as high on TJ Dillashaw as a lot of people. So, I mean, that's just, that was just me. I, I do, I'm just irritated. I don't know, I just don't like the guy that much. Plus, with his age, I didn't know he was as old as he is. Granted, he's not that old, but he's 33. 33 he was fighting at 135, cut into 125 at that age. He looked too, like you saw his like his physique. Like he was still, he had all his muscle yeah. against uh, Cejudo. So people were questioning going into the fight that he was on something, and then this shit like comes out. So it's not a good look for him at all. I have seen fighters diminish him on Twitter, bashing him. Yeah, everybody's saying that his legacy is tainted. I personally, I'm uh, in disagreement with Preston on TJ Dillashaw, uh, and we've had this discussion personally like a million times already. Um, but TJ Dillashaw was one of my favorite fighters in the entire uh, sport of MMA, like not just the UFC. Like I was really high on uh, TJ Dillashaw. I think he's one of the best strikers in the world still. Like uh, that doesn't take like EPO doesn't take away from his striking skills. What EPO does is it helps you with cardio, which I believe it's not making. Yeah, you it, it increases blood oxygenation yeah. so that that way your muscles effectively it prevents your muscles from fatiguing out as quickly. Yeah, but yeah, so it could help. Oh, like, it definitely yeah, helps yeah, like with the, the power. Striking. Yeah, so you could. Well, keep you'd it be up. able to maintain. Yeah, your yeah. same power longer. Yeah, you're not gonna get. You're not gonna lose it over the course of the first second. Because round. I was trying to think most of, like his recent more fights were the two somewhat quick knockouts of Cody Garbrandt. Mm -hmm. So maybe that didn't affect that much but you yeah. know who knows about that and then but like the hen and Burrell, tj was still i don't know if he was doing it back then but tj was still going when hen and Burrell was faded all the yeah, way yeah people i remember that fight because i feel like people were saying something about that during like after that fight yeah like that they thought something was up yep and if yeah. you look at cody's twitter a long time ago so cody and uh tj dillashaw have a beef and it's like very extensively documented well in 2016 i believe cody uh posted a tweet and he was like talking shit to tj the last sentence of the tweet said all that epo must be getting to your head <laughs> cody and tj used to be training partners and a lot of people used to like speculate that cody uh, that tj was on something so it looks like uh, TJ might have uh, been doing this the whole time. And 
It definitely taints his le- legacy. If, is one of his biggest fans. Like I'm a TJ Dillashaw lover, just like I'm a Kane Velasquez big hype fan. I'm on the bandwagon of both of those guys. I was one of the first members of their bandwagons, and uh, I think I might be falling off because uh, cheating is cheating. Yeah. And I'm not down with it now. If every if they just allowed every fighter to use EPO, I'd be cool with it. Like, because well, yeah, because then it's an even playing field. Then nobody's gassing out, or if you are, it's you would have gassed out without it if you both hadn't had EPO at that de- point. Definitely, yeah. and I know that it does cause like um, problems um, for oh, yeah, health wise for people. Like, fuck your kidneys. All young up. people are having strokes that take EPO, but at the same time, they're making that own decision on their own, and I'm pretty sure they're probably aware of the the consequences of their decisions. Um, considering they all have nutritionists and i would highly doubt that someone's not letting their nutritionist or strength and performance coach not know about the epo that they're taking when they have to know every single other thing that's going into their body they're probably not just injecting this on their own in their home i don't know i fully believe that they probably are trying to hide it from from even their training staff oh they might be they might be you could be like especially the ones that are actually like having strokes and that sort of shit because the ones that are talking to their trainers about it um are probably the ones who don't because their trainer makes sure that they know what they do and don't need to do to make sure that that doesn't happen you know yeah so like his his performance and strength conditioning coach i forgot the guy's name but tj talks about him all the time he came out with some romeo and juliet style um, writ, like style of writing thing. Uh, did you see it, Preston? I, I did not. So what? I'm, I'm just that, like curious. It was an iambic like, pentameter. Yeah, yeah, like when I hear this. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> what? Let me see if I can look it up. Oh, we TJ, how I did the dude. Oh. It's just like that. I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna <laughs> oh, read it to you. My goodness. Yeah. No, I need um, to hear this now. So y'all are gonna have to like mad props hold to the mic for a second. In. But I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> just, so Tim's on the hunt. I'm on the hunt for this. So. Uh, I think that's pretty much the only news. What else did we have, Preston? Uh, well, Loden Sincade, I saw he died, uh, I think it was yesterday. He f- he was a competitor on Ultimate Fighter Season 1. He did not win the show. I don't know how he died, but I know that was pretty big news in the MMA world. Uh, he was 45. Sucks for him. Yeah, it's really sad. I saw Dana yeah. posted that today. I didn't know the guy, but um, condolences to his family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's always sad to see that someone uh, passed away in the sport. So I did find it. Okay. So here's oh uh, it's pretty long, but I'm going to go with it. So it is with a heavy heart that I, Coach Cal, the owner, founder, and purveyor of the training lab, have recently seen the defeat of one of our family members in recent months. The defeat is not due to the skills and combat savvy of an opponent of flesh, but rather a defeat at the perilous hands of a far more sinister foe, the demon of self-doubt, which haunts each and every one of us at one time or another in our lives. As a man of few words, preferring passion and belief as a shield to be carried out upon, I am bemused to careless and reckless dialogue for no other purpose than to make myself heard among the masses plagued with will for inference. However, there is an appropriate and even required time for the head of a family to speak out, and this is such the time. Remember, this is a quote from T.J. Uh, Dillashaw's coach, Sam Calavita. This is not my own words. So, quote, The training lab in no way condones or encourages our family of athletes worldwide to partake in the perilous downward spiraling helots of synthetic... One second. 
<laughs> Performance enhancement. To do so is not only harmful to the individual, but also harmful to our brothers, sisters, and other family members who are yet judged guilty by the association. Yet, the arena of public scrutiny is heavily weighed down with the enigma of fear for which one does not understand. To that the end, or to that end, the fact remains that the training lag is in concept and private practice established itself among Olympic and collegiate wrestlers in the year 2001 and has embarked on the life-changing journey through the sport with thousands of athletes spanning almost two decades of unparalleled excellence. We use quantitative analysis, metabolically accurate nutrition, proper supplementation, Blah, 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 So basically it was just a huge statement by the gym to make sure that they saved face and made sure that people knew that, like, they weren't promoting TJ Dillashaw to use EPO. I mean, that's all it is. This whole thing is basically like, hey, TJ Dillashaw, you already fucked. Time to kick you further under that bus so that we don't die too. Basically. That's 100% what that statement was. Basically saying, I didn't do it. He did it on his own. But, like, the use of all the big words and oh, the yeah. crazy sentences. Oh, yeah. And, and so I love the part that's, like, as a man of few words. Uh, and I was use the like, biggest ones in the dictionary or the thesaurus. Yeah, and I was like, Ninja, you didn't write this. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe he did. Maybe he really did write it. But that just smacks of a statement that all, somebody wrote for him. Like, I've seen ten fighters at least be like, dude, put down the, thes- the thesaurus Shakespeare. Get on with it. <laughs> that's too funny. So... That's pretty crazy. Um, I'm bemused by really, you're entertained by this because that's what bemused means. I don't like, know what bemused means. I've never heard that word in my life. You've never heard bemused? Oh. No. Anyway. I must not that be that be that smart. But anyway. I don't know that vocabulary <laughs> dictates intelligence. Yeah, me neither. All right, maybe I'm wrong. Anyways. <laughs> Enough of that. Uh, that was way too long to read. You should have posted something shorter, huh. man. <laughs> TLDR, you motherfucker. Be like, uh, so I didn't have anything to do with this, and that's the tweet. That's what you, we, the statement should have been. TJ also posted a statement today. I haven't got to watch it yet. I've seen other people uh, retweeting his video. Um, I will watch that later on. I think it said, like, I messed up at the beginning of it. Yeah, so I think the question that I'm sort of left with at this is, like, you know, as, well, as not a TJ Dillashaw fan, uh, I'll turn it over to you first, Preston. It, can TJ Dillashaw come back from this? So I, I'm wondering. So he's suspended for two years. Does that mean he's, he's out until January two thousand twenty? But, but is that just UFC? Like, can he get out? Like, and go to <laughs> one just, UFC? Just go. No, two thousand twenty-one is what I mean. And no, he cannot leave the UFC. Um, he's still under contract. So, However, but does his contract stipulate that he can't fight for any other promotions? Yes, for sure. Okay, like, the UFC is never going to let you fight. They, they they'll yeah, exactly. even like block your boxing uh, and anything else. The only thing they're letting UFC fighters do is compete in like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournaments and wrestling matches. But I was wondering if they would want to do one of those trades that they uh, they just did the trade in the Bellator. Oh yeah, if they could find somebody, they could definitely trade them to like one FC, and one FC can do whatever they want. They're in uh, China, I think. I think they're a Singapore company, and they don't have to follow the same rules that we have. Um, so if they had a athlete in one FC that they wanted, that they're willing to give up one of the best fighters in the whole world for. Well, but one of the best fighters that's going to guarantee you zero revenue for the next two years. It's, yep, that's that's a thing. So we'll see. Uh, do I think that they'll give up TJ Dillashaw? I would be surprised. But, hey, I'm surprised they gave up Mighty Mouse for Ben Askren, especially when Dana acted like he hated Ben Askren for the longest time. Yeah, yeah, because that uh, 
because we could segue into like the one FC debuts of Eddie Alvarez and Mighty Mouse, and one FC. They're actually. I was talking to Jeff. Jeff loves the promotion. Like he didn't really watch it before those fights. It's a good promotion, man. Jeff loves the thing that's not UFC. I'm impressed. They, I mean, they must be good. Jeff's always he's fucking, he's always, yeah, he's probably listening right now. Yeah, but he's <laughs> always also, I mean, he as much as he does that, he talks even more trash about, like, Bellator and, like, oh, all and those Island other fights. promotions. Yeah. Because he knows so, I watch Island Fights and everybody's <laughs> like, why are you wasting your time? It's like that Honduras fight I gave you, and oh nothing goodness. was really going on in that fight. No, there was lots going on in that fight. It was just like, well, it. you're right. There, like, was, like and wasn't fighting. all at the same time. Wasn't even primal fighting. That was like schoolyard bully bullshit. This chick's just like sitting on this other girl's chest, just whacking her in the face, like over and over <laughs> repeatedly. And it was a way I'm like, smaller this girl too. Even even a, this isn't even a fight. Like, what am I? What am I watching? And then I thought it was just a random video that you sent me, and you were like, "Nah, bro, live event. Like, I do this all day." Yeah, no, I'm watching live <laughs> fights from Honduras in the middle of the night. I'll like, probably go ahead and cage, do that tonight whenever I get home. Cage was there so is, tiny uh, and weird. Combat America is on the zone tonight. Right on. I'll probably yeah. be watching and that if th- it's still on when th- I get th- home. That is good. But Because uh, I was going to say that guy who knocked out Eddie Alvarez looked pretty good. Timo Faye something. Yeah, Nasty Yukin. And then Martin Wynn looked really good today. He won with a flying knee knockout. So they, they got some fighters. And Jeff was really hyped because Brandon Vera fights in that promotion. Oh, nice. He wanted Brandon Vera back to, you know, shake it up, get a striker back in the UFC. But I don't, we'll see. I cause I they, like the other promotions, man. Yeah, because so if he – so TJ comes back, he would probably be back at 135. By then – oh, sorry. By then uh, – Who's champion 135 right now? I can't even think. Um, the champion, oh. well, it's TJ and he Marai, or Cejudo. So it was fighting Marais. Yeah, so yeah. no one's the champ really at 135. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, it's just Cejudo and Marais are going to fight for it, and then uh, Aljo versus. So is it going to be an interim champion, or is it straight up they're just pulling oh, the, belt the belt off of him? TJ and relinquished it because he oh. knew he was caught. Like before, th- before it even came out, TJ just randomly relinquished his yeah. belt, and then it came out that he was caught for. Something and then we found out it was an EPO like uh, sometime this week. Yeah. Ah, so I don't know. I guess I guess you know he can take his sentence, come back. He'll probably still be a top ten fighter, and yeah. you know they just will not ignore it, but just be like, eh, you know, it'll just be washed under the yeah. rug because it will have been too. Because like, so do you think? Do you think he actually sits it out, or do you think he tries to figure out a way out of his contract during that two year period? So I mean, if I go fight for he's going to have to sit it out, man. He's not going to have a choice. Yeah, because Chad Mendez, it happened to him. There's been multiple guys where the UFC, the UFC will hold you. Uh, they'll hold you for yeah. the only the only trade that ever happened, or a guy that, to get let out of his contract uh, at that level was Mighty Mouse getting traded for Ben. Mm. No one gets let out of their contract unless they are Artem Lobov got l- let out of his contract, but he stinks. But he <laughs> no. was he was a but win every. Awful. He was no. a win every other fight. Fighter Thirteen and the, seventeen uh, was his record. I mean, yeah, he just wasn't. He wasn't putting asses in the seats yeah. or or eyes on the pay per view. You know, so it, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he's doing well for Bare Knuckle FC though, and I think that's m- promotion for Artem because he's uh, really hard to finish. He never got finished in the UFC. Had a war with Cub Swanson, a really good fighter. Um, so he can hang with guys. Um, the bare knuckle FC fight was kind of uh, sloppy ish, to be honest. But man, dude, it was a war. They were just kind of swinging. Yeah, yeah, they were both swinging, landing bare knuckle shots on each other's faces. Did you see the aftermath picture? 
No. Oh. No. Well, I will I totally know. show you it. But uh, what else do we got for news before we get into that card tomorrow night? Ah, uh, I mean, I've got nothing. You Lomachenko got fights tonight. Uh, number okay. top three pound for pound fighter in boxing. Dude, I'm telling you, put fifty on Crolla, you win two thousand dollars. Anthony Crolla has one percent chance. Yeah, maybe less than one percent. But fifty dollars to win two thousand isn't that bad of a deal. So might as well. I mean, I feel like fifty dollars to win two thousand when I know I'm basically just like lighting fifty dollars on fire is like not a great idea. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're comfortable <laughs> with losing the money, like if you if have like, the eh, money to I lose, I have this fifty bucks yeah. that I would be okay with just lighting on fire right now, so I might as well have a chance to turn it into two thousand. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <laughs> when me and Preston go to Vegas in uh, two weeks, if there is still the odds that the Spurs have right now, I'm gonna put like two hundred to win sixteen grand on the Spurs and just see what happens. Because uh, they're eighty terrible, to one, terrible bet. <laughs> it's probably an awful bet, but hey, was Texas Tech two hundred to one and probably an awful bet at the beginning of the season? Probably. I don't know, man. Have you seen those uh, those swanky new H E B commercials the Spurs are doing, dude? <laughs> they're powered up by all the fajitas. <laughs> <laughs> they could win, man. They, they could win. They could do it anyway. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, if that being the case, um, two thirty six. Yes, two thirty six. It is, so we will go ahead and jump in to the event. Um, so as per usual, in typical Talking Hands style and fashion, we will be counting it down from the early prelims all the way up into the main event, which has us starting off with the first fight of the night, which brings Brandon Davis in to fight Randy Costa. Brandon Davis is coming into this fight at 9-6 and six on the season. Hailing from the United States, he stands at 5'10". With a 72-inch reach and a 39-inch leg reach. Going up against Randy Costa, who is actually making his UFC debut. Um, but for MMA, he comes into this with a record of 4-0. and Also hailing from the United States at 5'9". Unfortunately, UFC currently has no metrics listed for his reach and leg reach. So, gentlemen, Randy Costa, Brandon Davis, our first fight of the night. Preston, I'm going to turn it over to you first. What are your thoughts, good sir? Uh, so Brandon Davis dropping down to uh, 135. He was fighting at 145. Are correct? He has fought. Is it beat? Yeah, actual people like real competition. Uh, from the brief things are, I found, are you trying to tell me that Rob Fuller of Cage Titans is not real competition? I don't know who that is. <laughs> I no, don't know that promotion. No, I know. I'm yeah. just that's that was the whole point. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, no, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh. Um, even uh, so, when I uh, YouTube oh. some of Randy Costa's highlights, his striking didn't look as good as people were saying. They were saying he could win this fight on the feet by knocking out Davis. Problem is, Davis is yes. a really, really good uh, stand-up fighter. Been there with much tougher competition. Should dominate. A <laughs> little longer, a little taller. Jab, kick. I'll take uh, Brandon Davis to outwork Randy Costa. Via decision for a decision, Jeff has the same pick, Brandon Davis. I actually have the same pick as well. I agree with everything Preston said. I have Brandon Davis by submission. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to take Brandon Davis on this one too. Um, I, although, I, <laughs> because that's the person I want to pick, and because the trend so far is that, that I get every first and last fight of the events wrong, I am tempted to go ahead and switch my pick to Randy Costa. There is a world in which he could knock him out. Like, if you look at his previous fights, TKO in 42 seconds, TKO in 10 seconds, KO in 11 seconds, 
TKO in 46 seconds. Now, who are Stacey Anderson, Kenny Lewis, Chris Thorne, and Robbie Fuller? Nobody knows, so oh, how tough are any of these opponents? Knows. Like, uh, who can say? Well, but and we saw that with uh, Timmy's best bet. What was the guy? The Gutierrez fought him. McDonald? Yeah. Yeah, if we saw that a guy from a small promotion came to the big leagues, and he was undefeated too, and he just didn't have it. Yeah, yeah like, Ryan McDonald was 10-0, and 0, but um, I was able to really break down fight that week and get, like, probably 100 hours of fight tape in. Like, I was watching fight all week. Uh, not really 100, but, like, 20 literally um and Gutierrez was just obviously so many levels ahead of Ryan and that's what the betting odds said too uh they opened with Ryan McDonald as a favorite and just because just off record pretty much yeah Yeah. just off a record and real MMA fans bet that thing down immediately yeah yeah it was the biggest uh switch of bets I think Preston sent me something I think yeah, that said it was the biggest like uh, line, line change. Yeah. And he went from plus one seventy to minus three hundred, like over the course of the week. Yeah, goodness. So a <laughs> lot of money was coming. Oh in. yeah. Speaking of it's which, people realizing uh, that there's a gap. Yeah. <laughs> Give me just a moment here. I'm sorry because I am not fully prepared um, because I did not have the odds up. So this one should be like one seventy, one seventy-five. I am dropping I the ball here. All right, so here we go. Yeah, Brandon Davis, Randy Costa. We've got Randy Costa checking in at plus one fifty. Um, Brandon Davis checking in at the minus one sixty dog. So basically, a pick 'em fight, um, which to me says that they set the line and nobody gives um, enough of a care about this fight. I'm not going to say the other thing that I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> nobody cares enough about this fight to be betting on it is really just what it looks like to me, um, which I think the line has not moved because of. So, yeah, uh, Brandon Davis, I- enjoy your enjoy your handout. Um, so now saying this, he's going to get knocked out in 20. Yeah, seconds. right. No, I told I'm, I'm going to have like four hundred dollars on Brandon Davis. Oh, no, really I wouldn't, gonna put I wouldn't, on I wouldn't do that to me. Randy Costa. Like, no, no, no. I mean, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, please don't no, Preston. No. Please. Can can we talk you off this ledge? Yeah, now? No, no. I, <laughs> well, what I usually do is I, I usually do bet every fight and roll it. But this card, I'm going to pick and choose a little more. So we'll get I'll, I'll get a few. But there, yeah. there's a few on here I really like. Yeah, I, I mean, I just feel like Randy Costa is enough of a wild card that I can see a world where he comes in and he's able to land a wild shot and get a knockout. But, I mean, if we're going off of experience in the UFC has just shown to be a huge difference maker for a lot of these fighters. Rare is it that we see fighters come in from other promotions be, and be able to, like, blow the doors off somebody right away. So, Yeah, uh, unless they have, like, 20-something fights in, like, other Yeah, I, I yeah. would agree, yeah. yeah. Because then, like, at that point, like, I don't care how trashy those opponents were. Like, just out of luck, somebody should have lasted longer than, like, 42 seconds, yeah. which is his longest fight ever. So that's the thing is I don't even know, like, we don't even know what dude's endurance is like. I think if this goes past the first round, he may be gassed out already. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so moving on to our next fight of the night, which is our first women's fight of the evening. We've got Lauren Mueller taking on... Pollyanna Botello. Um, Mueller comes to us at a record of six. What? What? Cut. Oh, nothing. Oh. Oh, sorry. I thought you were telling me, like, this wasn't the right fight. And no, I was no, like, that's what it. UFC yeah, said. No, I was anyway. telling you go to Preston first. <laughs> oh, okay. Put it fair. on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so Mueller is coming into this fight at 6-1, and one, um, currently coming off of her most recent loss and her only loss on her record. Um, she stands at 5'5", five, five with a reach of 67 inches and a 38-inch leg reach, going up against Botello, um, who comes into this fight at 7-2, and two, hailing from Brazil, um, standing at 5'8", with a 67-inch reach and a 39-inch leg reach. So, in uh, the fight of Botello and Princess... Tiger, who do we think is going to win here? Okay, so uh, Polina Botello was a pretty hype prospect. She <laughs> she got wrecked by uh, Cynthia Cavillo in her last fight. She certainly did. She was... Uh, Submission in round one. Yeah, she was a sizable favorite in that fight. I, like most people, ate the hype, bought, bought into the hype, bet uh, Botello in that fight, and I immediately watched her just get grappled. To sh- like, she... she she had no ground game. Good thing with her is Lauren Mueller also per- not too adept in the ground. Should be a stand-up fight. Mueller doesn't have a much pop in her punches. Botello really doesn't either. I think this is a real, real 50-50 fight. But I'll go with the girl who I think the UFC would like to win and could like maybe promote a little better down the line in Polina Botello. I think Jeff, let me check. Yes, Jeff has Botello as well. Close fight, though. Really 50-50 to me, but uh, Botello. All right, so I'm in 100% agreement. I've got Botello on this one. Um, You're right, she did get wrecked by Cavillo uh, first round, but she also has the ability to actually put finishes out there. Um, In her career, she actually has multiple first-round TKO and even KO finishes. And Mueller only Um, has that one, right? Right. Mueller only has one, and if I'm not mistaken, let me go back to the good old Princess Tiger over here. Um, If I'm not mistaken, her one TKO, oh, yeah. So it was a submission to punches, So like, and and it was one, and that was back. We're now going on almost four years ago. And it was to a girl that's now 0-4. Right. So it's to a to a nobody. Um, I'm going with Botello, and just we've seen a huge trend of like, uh, while the UFC may try to hype fighters who and bring fighters up faster than maybe they should, um, they also tend to work on fighters that do actually have at least a, a fair amount of fight talent. And while she hasn't shown out the way we might have liked, um, I do think she's still got some gas in the tank. So yeah, Botello for me. Um, and I think that this one actually is going to be able to come down to TKO. I'm not super impressed by uh, Mueller's stamina when I went back and I watched uh, her most recent Yanan Wu fight. So so I think the oddsmakers have this right on this one. Uh, I think they have uh, the minus 180 favorite in Patelio winning uh, for the same reasons that you and Preston said. I think that it is a close like 50-50-ish fight. But I also think most of these types of fights are going to be uh, very 50-50. I'm really bad at picking the the girl fights for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten crushed. I, I'm getting, like, I get yeah, crushed on yeah, them. Yeah. So, uh, But I am going with the hype on this one. I'm going to go with the rest of the community. Uh, the whole MMA community, or four-fifths of them, are going with Patello on this one. All right. I'm going to stick with that and go with her as well. There you go. Clean sweep for Botello. Um, so there you have it, folks. No new champion so far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, we'll see. You know, no, there's a lot of fights. No there. no possibility. Oh, we'll mix it up in I'm the a, next, yeah, yeah. like, uh, I'm gonna be I'm going to be hanging five. on to that belt again. We'll see. Uh, no, we'll I'm see, man. <laughs> I'm going mi- to mix it up and maybe get myself in trouble on some, but we'll see. 
I mean, that sounds about par for the course. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's about what I do every single time. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. All right, so we're going into our next fight of the night. We've got Montel Jackson taking on, and I apologize to all of our listeners right now. Um, this one's about full Andre Sukumta. Sukumta? I think. I yeah, think Sukumta that's how they announce. I think yeah. it's Sukumta. I think that's how I hear them announce it. All right, cool. Montel Jackson going up against Andre Sukumta. Um, so Jackson comes into this one, hailing from the United States, standing at five ten. He's got a reach of seventy five point five inches and a leg reach of forty one inches. Going up against Sukumta, who comes into this one also hailing from the United States at five nine. With only a reach of 70 inches and a leg reach of 37.5 inches. So both a pretty big advantage on the reach and the leg reach on this one for Montel Jackson. Currently, this fight has Montel Jackson as the absolute crusher favorite at negative 495 um, versus Sukumta, who comes into this one at the huge dog of 430. Um, So... Yeah, I can get into this one. So uh, their only common opponent, and I know MMA math doesn't always work. It almost never works. But uh, Montel Jackson has a win over Brian Kelleher uh, due to a Joyarsh choke submission. And Andre Sukumtas lost to Brian Kelleher. And he lost uh, via decision in that. Um, Montel Jackson's best win is Brian Kelleher, though. And I think uh, Brian is a great fighter. Um, but Andre has also lost to Sean O'Malley on Alejandro Perez, Albert Morales with a split decision. His Alejandro Perez loss, who fights later on this card, was also a split decision. So I have a feeling that Andre is going to be able to hang in there during the fight. He might be able to get there, but he showed some of like the worst MMA IQ I've ever seen in the Sean O'Malley fight. Sean O'Malley was literally hopping around on one foot. And he didn't try to take him out. He uh, kind of like grappled with him, mm-hmm. which is uh, a way to give Sean O'Malley uh, his disadvantage back to him. So uh, due to the low IQ of him and the common um, opponent, I am going to go with Montel Jackson on this one. I think the line is right. Uh, Montel uh, should take this one. And it, I don't think it's going to go to decision. I think uh, we're going to get a TKO in here. Nice. Uh, yeah, Montel Jackson trains on Milwaukee. My buddy trained with him uh, a couple times. Really solid fighter, super quick, super fast. Good, uh, as Kirk said, enormous reach, really long, tall for the division. I thought the line was a little too heavy. I mean, I I can't justify betting five to win one on this fight, even though he should win. But there's an off case because Sukumta has a little bit of power, problem is he does gas out jackson won't gas out but he might not even get that far jackson i think could take him out before the bout ends uh so i'll take uh, montel round two we'll say like rear naked choke drops him finishes him on the ground okay there you go missions on this one (laughs) that's hilarious because that is like my exact pick for finish is montel jackson submission round two um so yeah no i i totally agree with what you said i think that um the asian sensation is going to try to use his power um because i feel like that is how he's going to have to win this fight is he's going to have to get an early knockout if he's going to be able to win i think he's going to do that he's going to make some mistakes he's going to start to get tired 
He's going to think he's got an opening to do it again in the second round when he hasn't really been able to land. Um, and, yeah, he's going to catch him with a reversal and totally take him down for literally like rear naked choke was what I was thinking in my mind. Um, so you ripped the words right out of my mouth, man. Good job. All right. Well, I think we're going to have some mix-ups on this one finally. Or did, what did Jeff pick? No, he had, yeah, yeah, he had Montel. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so does Jared have Sukumta? No, I didn't even get Jared's picks this time. I should have done that. Oh, no, you're good. Um, but this next fight, I feel like we're going to have some switch-ups. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Because we're now getting into uh, we're now getting into some of the heavier talent, or at least the, the final fight of the early prelim card. Um, which has Curtis Millinder taken on Bilal Muhammad. Um, so Millinder comes into this one at a record of 17-4, and four, hailing from the United States, standing at 6-2. Um, he checks in with a 76-inch reach and a 45-inch leg reach going up against Bilal Muhammad, um, who comes to us also from the United States at a record of 14-3, and three, standing at 5'11", with a reach of 72 inches and a leg reach of 40 inches. Um, the line on Millinder Muhammad is currently at Muhammad, the negative 140 favorite, to Millinder, the plus 130 dog. So I'll go ahead and turn that over to Gorgeous P to give us his initial thoughts on Muhammad Millinder. Yeah, I cannot bet Curtis Millinder after his last fight. Uh, he has no defensive grappling whatsoever. His wrestling is really poor. He fought, what, three weeks ago? There's no way he trained enough to get it up there muhammad does have some wrestling although he tends to like to strike stand up punch for punch i think he'll be a little smarter in this fight he didn't look too bad against uh neil his last fight muhammad he got pieced up a little bit with that left left hand though most of the night lost a tough decision i want to say but i'm going to take muhammad here i think he's smart Gets Millinder on the ground where Millinder is a fish out of water. And Muhammad just kind of grapples his way to a decision. So I agree with a lot of what Preston said. However, I am going to go the opposite way on this one. I think Millinder is going to be able to keep this a striking match and uh, win this fight. So Muhammad's only lost to really good fighters. He's lost to Jeff Nil, uh, Vincente Luque, who's a beast, and Alan Joban, who actually fights on this card as well. And then we've got Curtis Millinder who um, has quite the different record, um, but he has lost um, to Zaleski in his last fight, who's primarily a striker, but he has an underrated ground game nobody knows about, and um, I was the only one on the show to pick him to win in that uh, Curtis Millinder-Zaleski fight. Well, I thought it was going to be a stand-up fight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... um, He dropped it like it was hot. Yeah. I don't think... I think uh, Bilal Muhammad might try to do the whole takedown and wrestle him thing, but Millinder does have wrestling. It's just Zaleski is really, really, really good. I think if this stays a striking match, Millinder has the battle, um, and Millinder is going to take it in this one. And Zaleski is just an absolute monster. I could totally see that guy fighting for a UFC title one day. All right. Um, And what was Jeff's pick on this one? Uh, Muhammad. He has Muhammad. Okay. Uh, So I'm actually in with Tim on this one. I'm going with Curtis Millinder. Um, I think that he got caught completely off guard, and to me it was just – an aspect of that fight that I don't think that Millinder took into account and that he really trained for. Um, he has upped his ground game some. He did look awful in that one, um, but I, I think that that was just 
I don't think that he prepared for the level of ground capability that Zaleski was actually going to bring into that fight. So I think Curtis Millender can grind this one out. Um, I think it is going to go down to a decision, though, and I think that he's got the faster hands. He's going to be able to land more consistent blows, um, and so I think he's going to win by decision. All right, 2-2. Awesome. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Knew uh, there would be switch-ups on that one. Well, yeah, I mean, I like I can see a case for Milner. I just think Muhammad's corner has to be smart enough to say, hey, get tr- that yeah, guy. try to get him on the ground. Because Milner does have the advantage uh, standing. I do agree with that. Cool. All right. So next fight on the match as we get into our now prelim card um, is we've got Boston Salmon taking on Khalid Taha. So Salmon comes into this fight hailing from the United States. Um, his record is currently unlisted. He stands at 5'9 with a reach of 69 inches and a leg reach of 39 inches. Going up against Taha, hailing from Germany, stands at 5'7", with a reach of 69 inches and a leg reach of 37 inches. So, Tim, tell us about Salmon Taha. So, uh, to be honest Sounds with you... Sounds like a dish. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> salmon Taha. Yeah, like ahi tuna, ahi tuna. <laughs> I'm going to be like, yeah. Applebee's, can I'm going to order that later Can I get the Salmon Taha? Can I get the Salmon Taha? They're going to be like, sure, <laughs> and then make some up. But uh, to be honest, I don't know much about either fighter. Um, neither fighter has uh, – well, we have um, Boston Salmon, who has fought in the UFC – or no, has fought on Dana White's Contender Series, but everything before that was RFA. Yeah, and, and uh, Taha comes into this with only a single fight from the UFC. Um, Which is Nad Naramani. Right, to who, Naramini. And so – Basically, I don't know too much about either guy. I hope Preston's going to have better notes than me because uh, I'm not going to be able to give the best pick in the world on this one. Uh, I do know that Ned Naramini looked um, not so hot against Mike Grundy um, a couple weeks ago when we watched him fight. And um, well, so if this that scares me that if Boston Salmon's going to come in like that, um, like I feel like Boston Salmon, or I've, I'm just going to go with Boston Salmon. Let me just Yeah, and go he with is it. the favorite on this one, so if that influences your decision at all, Boston Boston Salmon comes into this one at negative one forty five favorite um, against Taha as the plus one thirty five dog. Yeah, I should have did better research on that fight, but I was not able to, so I'm just gonna throw a random pick out there. I'm not gonna rec- in, recommend anybody to actually take that advice, but here you go, Preston. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> Tim's ordering the Boston salmon for dinner. And uh, what will you be having, the Preston? Salmon Taha. The Salmon Taha. Because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so this is a pretty tough fight. Boston Salmon, I watched his Contender Series fight. Uh, both guys are promoted as strikers. Uh, Salmon had pretty quick hands in the Contender Series fight. But he was getting uh, hit hit a lot, too. Taha, I think Nad Nermini is a decent fighter. Yeah. Uh, and Taha, I went back and watched a lot of his chops. He's got more wrestling chops than he's being touted up to, to have so w- from what i remembered because when i think i picked taha versus naramini i thought he was promoted as a grappler like for because the highlights i watch were like wrestling so i'm taking taha because i think he's gonna grapple salmon down because salmon in the contender fight it, it was like all standing is he gonna be like a fish out of water uh, I'm sorry. I just I had to do it to you. Yeah, I, I do think uh, I'm going to go with Taha decision. Uh, probably not the most entertaining fight to kick off. I think this is on ESPN, these prelims. So, uh, yeah, pretty weird fight. I would have put Millinder Muhammad here, but uh, whatever. So, yeah, Taha, Jeff 
is with Timmy, though. Jeff has Mr. Salmon. Well, I'm going with you, Preston. I'm 100% in the uh, Taha boat um, swimming across the Salmon Ocean here. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm going to make fish jokes all night now. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I think that he's got more wrestling game than Boston. I think he's going to be able to take him to the grounds. Um, I actually think that he's going to get another win by submission in this one. Um, and I think that we're looking at that victory actually coming by round two. I think that this is going to be a better fight than you think it's going to be. Um, but, you know, we we will see. We will see what happens. Nice. So that's All my right. hope, at least. Two, I want to watch something entertaining, right? That's two, always two more fun again. than not. For sure. All right. So then we've got Max Griffin taking on Zalem Imadev. So in this one, Griffin comes into the fight at 14 and 6. Hailing from the United States, standing at 5'11", with a reach of 76 inches and a leg reach of 41 inches. Going up against Imadev, who comes into this one with a record unlisted, unfortunately. It's 8-0. 8-0. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Um, hailing at 8-0, hailing from Russia. Um, standing at 6 foot even and currently has an unlisted reach and leg reach on UFC.com. So... We'll go ahead and That's jump not in. Surprising. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's really not. I mean, it's come pretty, on, UFC, get pretty, it together. Wait for, for the four billion dollars. The next event, I doubt more than two fighters have stats. So so Imadev um, taking on Griffin. The line currently on this one, if you're looking to get in on the action, um, has Imadev at the negative one ten dog. Or negative one ten favorite and uh, Max Griffin at the plus one hundred dog. So even, it's like a even pick, money. Pick, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a total yeah. pick 'em fight. Um, so give us your thoughts on this pick 'em, Preston. So I, I actually like Zaleem. I know fighters coming from other promotions for their first fight usually don't perform as well. Problem is, if you Eight watch consecutive knockouts. Yeah, if though. you watch the highlights of Zaleem, he is terrifying. Like, he's throwing spinning back kicks, spinning elbows, like a whole bunch of shit. Knocks all his opponents out in yeah, the first round. <laughs> just gets him out. And Griffin isn't like a knockout, knockout artist. Decision guy. Yeah, he kind of points, outworks him. He didn't. He deserved the win, though, against Alves. I, I had him against Alves. They gave it to Tiago because it was in Brazil. Like, he got screwed that fight. I feel like he's getting screwed in this fight, too, because if he loses this fight, Dana might be like, bye-bye, Max, go to Bellator. But what about when he lost to Millender? Well, that Millender is a, a hot prospect. Millender's a better – they fight similarly. Millender's better than Griffin. Okay. Standing. Fair. So I think he they fought in a stand-up fight, and Millender just outworked him. But Zaleem okay. – I think Zaleem catches uh, Griffin, drops him, knocks him out. Only worry is Griffin dealt with this against Mike Perry, and he put it on Mike Perry pretty bad. Uh and he was like a plus 400 dog in that fight. People weren't giving him the respect. Now yep. they do give him respect. I'm still going to take Salim to get a highlight real finish. All right. So uh, Mike uh, against the Mike Perry, Max Griffin did look really good. He just sucked some fundamentals, basically, while Mike Perry is kind of more of a um, – a crazier take more chances fighter oh yeah um so max griffin stuck to fundamentals and basically got him out there that way uh it wasn't an absolute beatdown, but he was definitely winning the entire time there was no arguing it however zaleem uh, with that he's eight and zero with eight finishes uh most of them in the first round some of them in the first minute um this guy is a huge amount in the first minute yeah He's phenomenal, dude. Uh, the guy's uh, striking is really good. He has power. Um, I think he's going to come in here and wreck uh, Max Griffin. And I have Zaleem. Easy. 
If you had to put a guess at what uh, Zalim's longest match is, what, how long was it? Uh, seven minutes. No, 11. 11, 11 50. So that was his longest match. So, But he, that, te- to me, tells me that he can still maintain the level of power to get finishes even in the third round, which is something that we see a lot of fighters struggle with. So I think no matter whether Max Griffin like sticks to basics and tries to drag this one out, I think Zalim is still going to have finishing power all the way through, which is, I think, the thing that Matt, Mike Perry didn't have um, in the fight when Max Griffin was taking on Mike Perry. So... Uh, I'm going to give it to Zaleem in this one, too. I think that we're going to see TKO second round. All so right. Jeff is on an island. He took Griffin. Oh, man, Jeff. You're going to on, on the lonely island. <laughs> All right. That's so a good band. With that, it is a good band. It's a very <laughs> it's a very comedic band. Um, Are we at the main card yet? Uh, no, we're not. Two, we still have two more. two more prelims. All right. All right. So the next one, we've got Wilson Reyes taking on Alexandre Pantoja. Um, Reyes comes into this one at hailing from Brazil, um, standing at five, four at 200 and, or 125 pounds. Um, his reach is 65 inches and his leg reach is 36.5 inches going up against Pantoja who comes to us from Brazil as well, standing at five, five with a 67.5 inch reach and a 36.5 inch leg reach. Currently the line on Pantoja Reyes is raised as the plus 135 dog to Pantoja, the negative 145 favorite. So, Preston, give us your thoughts on Pantoja Rays. So, uh, Alexander uh, Pantoja is a pretty good all-around fighter. He's got better striking than uh, Wilson. Uh, Wilson tends to gas out most of his fights. He got a favorable matchup against Ben Wynn his last bout. Used his size to... I don't know. I was I hated that fight because he kind of just took him down, didn't work at all, and the ref never stood him up. So that could happen in this fight too. I think Pantoja has better uh, like scramble ability to get back up on his feet in case Wilson does get him down. And even then, I think grappling wise, they're about even. And I'll take the guy who I believe to have the better striking and Wilson. He just looks like he's an old now. Like he lo- he's been in the ring for a long time. Like he used to be yeah. in like Strike Force and stuff. Like back back in the day. I oh think, yeah, he's been he's been fighting since 07. Yeah, I think he's like kind of on his last legs. Uh, I'm gonna take Pantoja probably by decision, just outworking him. Uh, Jeff has Pantoja too. All right. So I agree with a lot of what Preston says. I've always actually thought Wilson Hayes looked pretty good. Um, he did have that favorable matchup against Ben Wynn. Um, and then his fights before that were Demetrius Johnson, Henry Cejudo, and John Moraga. All three are tough outs, um, especially Henry and uh, Demetrius Johnson. I actually had Wilson Hayes in this fight. Preston's kind of swaying my vote a little bit with the old comment. Um, so, <laughs> Really? This is the first time? Yeah, you're, you're not going to take I've the never, old guard fighter? I've never been swayed before, and I almost am reluctant to be swayed. So I'm taking Wilson Hayes. All right. Decision. I mean, he could. He could. Decision. Grab, you know, hold him down in a boring fight like it could happen. Yeah. So. But uh, Pantoja has um, two submission, or he has a submission victory and a decision victory over Brandon Moreno, who I think is very good, and he also attacks submissions. Uh, he has some good wins, man. Um, he has a win over Kaikara France, even though Kaikara France isn't ex- this, as exciting for me as a lo- he is for a lot of people. Um, 
I think he, for some reason I feel like uh, Wilson Hayes can pull this off, so I'm going to go with him by decision. While I do think he may be the stronger grappler out of the two of them, um, I think Pantoa is going to come into this one. Um, I think he's got more ways to win. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with him being the better striker out of the two of them. Um, so to me, if I think that they're you know roughly equal in the ground game and on the wrestling side, um, because I don't think that Hayes is that significantly much better than at least what I had to look at on tape to, to kind of get my pick on this one, um, then I'm going to give it to the guy who, who has more tools in his belt. Um, and I think if he beats him in one of the three categories – that's enough to be able to take the win out of this one. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Pantoa. Um, I think that he's actually gonna win by submission. I think that this will be a like counter back and forth fight on the ground for a long time. Um, but I think that he's gonna be able to worm his way into the win. Yeah, Wilson right. gasses out. Uh, he he can gas out too if it gets that point, like in the third round, where he's just like gassed on the ground and kind of like. Uh, what was the one fight? It was like a couple weeks ago, but the guy was like just dead on the ground. Uh, oh yeah, that God! It was, was that the Holland fight, or yes, like where it was yes. like the submissions were right there, and like they weren't. Yeah, really and the guy like him. he was standing up at one point and just decides to like go get back on the ground. No, with he, him he he put his head right f- into a guillotine. Too. Yes. So yeah, so I mean, I think I think that can happen in this fight, but. uh Oh, should be a good fight. Should be an entertaining fight. 3-1, Pantoja, Timmy on the island. There you go. He's he's on That's an island. That's where I mess up every time. That's where. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. This could be the one. You know, statistically you've got to you've got to get your island right at some point, right? Well, I'm going on one <laughs> the next fight, I think. So let's get it moving. <laughs> all right. So Um, We're checking into this next one, the last fight of our prelim. So the last fight you're going to be able to catch on ESPN before it switches over to the actual ESPN Plus pay-per-view. And that is Jalen Turner taking on Matt Frevola. So with this one, Jalen Turner comes into the fight at 7-4, standing at 6-3 with a 77-inch reach and an unlisted leg reach going up against Frevola. Um, Both of these fighters checking in from the United States. Currently at a record of 6-1-1, one, one. Frivola stands at 5-9 with a 71-inch reach and a 40-inch leg reach. Currently, the line for five dimes has this as Frivola as the plus-120 dog up against Jalen Turner at the negative-130 favorite. So, Tim, tell us about your um, probably hypothesized island. island. Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing I'm going to go on an island here because I know some people in this room are fans of one of the guys. But I think Jalen Turner is an excellent striker. I think that he has um, really good finishing ability. He's uh, super athletic, and um, he's an aggressive type fighter. However, I've seen him struggle on the ground um, immensely against ground fighters. Frivola is not exactly a ground fighter, uh, but I do think that he is better wrestling than Jalen Turner, and I think he can hold his own on the feet. Uh, Jalen, um, I don't think Jalen Turner is um, as good of a striker or uh, nifty, doesn't set up the same traps, etc. as Lando Venata, uh, which um, Matt Frivola went to a decision with Lando Venata. I think it was went a, to ma- a draw. Majority draw, yeah. yeah. So majority draw with him, and he lost to uh, Marco Polo Reyes, but he got knocked out in like a minute, right? Yep, uh, exactly. So, 
I think Matt Frivola's just got the all-around better game. Uh, I don't think that that extremely athletic guy is going to pull it off every time. It's happened a lot, um, and it's gone. I've been on the wrong side of that quite a bit. Um, I've also been on the right side of that quite a bit, though. Um, I think Frivola is going to take it. I think he's going to um, kind of ground and pound Jalen Turner uh, quite a bit. After maybe he drops him, maybe he doesn't. But I think it somehow ends up on the ground. I think uh, Frivola is just going to have an advantage there because I feel like that's one of Jalen's weaknesses, and he's going to end up grinding something out. I don't know if he's going to be able to get him out of there, but decision. All right. So a little subtle needling at um, at Preston's Jalen Turner fandom. So tell us no, about I mean, how you think Jalen Turner is going to win this fight, Preston. No, no I'm I mean, just well, kidding. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I'm going to take – yeah, I have Jalen Turner. But Timmy also picked against Johnny Walker like every fight. Like it's – it's you know it's like the same thing like until the guy loses or looks bad it's hard to go against him yeah. now now the line sure. is saying Frivola like has a very good chance at winning like the line is it's almost like because Jeff put it out there uh, it's his best bet Jeff has a max bet on it like uh, on, on Turner on yeah he has three fifty on Turner oh okay to win two fifty so he put it out there I. Have not made the bet yet. I do think I just think Turner's length is so difficult to get inside. And I have seen Frivola. Yeah, Lando Venata. If Venata fought Turner, I would probably take Venata. You have to take Venata. But <laughs> Frivola, I don't. He's think not he, Lando Venata. Yeah, and anything, he can't. But he hung with him. Yeah, but he can't match up. If it gets out of the first round, Frivola. Should win the fight. the fight. Should win the fight. I just think Turner. Especially if he goes to the third, Turner's going to be in trouble. Yeah. Uh, based off of previous tape that I've watched off of him, I've actually got extensive tape on Jalen because we, we've p- predicted one of his fights before. Yeah, you had, the, yeah, you had Kalen Potter. Yeah, like, and I, this oh, I got it completely wrong. I was yeah. the only one that got it really wrong. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was a tough one. Preston rubbed it in, that's why. Well, no, well, and then, <laughs> so if you read my notes last week, I said Ross Pearson should retire after this fight against Desmond Green. I wrote that in my notes. He retired this week. Yeah. And I bet on fucking Ross Pearson because I'm an idiot because <laughs> Timmy was so confident in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I mean, I definitely thought Ross Pearson was going to be in there and do the thing. Uh a lot of other fighters actually thought Ross Pearson was going to pull that off, too. Um, just didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen Desmond Green finish someone like that quite immediately. And it was pretty good on the feet. And yeah. I mean, Desmond dropped him, but the, all those exchanges were great until Desmond decided to take him down with an amazingly fast takedown. Well, and, and then he had him on the... Over. Yeah, right. It was right on the fence, and he had no chance. No way to get yeah. out. So. Yeah. So, to me, one of the most interesting things, and I and I think you hit the nail on the head, Preston, with it, his, his height and his range and his length is difficult to deal with. Um, so, the only other fighters that he has lost to have all been ones with fairly equivalent like height and reach to himself. So other tall, rangy strikers, you know? Um, and so to me, I don't think that, that Matt is that. Um, I, I don't think that the steamroller is going to be able to steamroll Jalen Turner in this one. Um, I think that Tarantula is going to be able to land a KO, if not a TKO, 
and I do think it happens in round one. I just yep. don't think he's going to be able to get inside. I think in his attempts to get inside is when he's going to end up getting caught and he's going to get dropped uh, and in round one at the very least, and that's where he's going to come in for the TKO. So Yeah, I'm with you. I got a straight left round one finish. Cool. Right on. Let's take a break before um, the main card. All right. So coming up, we've got our main card. But before we do, we're going to give a shout out to our sponsors this evening. Um, so if you are listening in tonight, check out Natural Heights on Natural Heights SATX. Dot com. If you suffer from stress, anxiety, joint pain, PTSD, or insomnia, then CBD may be the answer for you. And Natural Heights is San Antonio's premier CBD oil retailer. They are located here in San Antonio at 1880 Nacogdoches Road. You can reach them at naturalheightssatx.com and check out all of their wares. Or if you prefer to contact them by phone, you can dial them at 210-592-1060. Again, that's 210-592-1060 or naturalheightssatx.com. And since you're listening to us here on pubsportsradio.com, check out the merchandise page. We've got all of our talking hands and pub sports radio and Southtown 101 merchandise for sale be it hats, koozies, shirts. We've got it all for you there. And if you have any printing needs, you need to check out Crooked Arm Printing. Why do I say that? Because they're the ones who handle all of our merchandise printing for us here at Southtown 101 Studios and Pub Sports Radio. Um, So they're one of the best printing operations in town. So whether you need party posters or shirts to celebrate your 15th anniversary with your wife, then all you need to do is check out Crooked Arm Printing. You can find them on Facebook or at Instagram at crooked arm printing and last but certainly not least we're going to give a shout out to our gracious host this evening the Southtown 101 studios here at Southtown 101 bar and grill Southtown 101 bar and grill is one of the hottest spots in the Southtown district of San Antonio as you might be able to hear in the background the DJ is bumping it I can already see the dance floor jumping the drinks are cold and the food is amazing. I just had uh, I just had one of their burgers, the Parita burger, and it was absolutely delicious. So you need to come on down here, grab yourself a burger, hit the dance floor, grab some drinks, chat up some ladies or men, whatever your choice may be, and uh, enjoy the night. Plus, you can stop by the studio here, tap on the window, say hi. We'd love to see you. We always love to interact with the fans. So I hope you guys are having a great night. We will be back in five with Talking Hands. Yep. Yeah, we had...
Ozzy, though. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here with Talking Hands as we are counting down UFC 236, and we are finally over to our main card. So if you're wanting to watch along, we have moved from Fight Pass to ESPN, and now we are on to ESPN Plus for the main card pay-per-view event. And we are starting off the night on the main card with Ovince St. Prue and Nikita Krylov. So with this one, St. Prue comes into the fight at 6'3", hailing from the United States with an 80-inch reach and a 45-inch leg reach going up against Krylov, who comes into this from the Ukraine, also at 6'3", with only a 77.5-inch reach and a 44.5-inch leg reach. And with that, we currently have the line on Krylov St. Prue at plus 100 dog for St. Prue and a negative 110 favorite for Krylov. So I'm going to turn this one over to our good old Timmy Bryant to start us off with his thoughts. So I think it's pretty crazy that Ovin St. Prue is a dog when he has a win over Nikita Krylov, right? Yep. Uh, so... I think Ovin St. Preux has fought the tougher competition in his uh, days as a UFC fighter. Um, I think that Ovin St. Preux is going to end up getting one of those uh, Von Preux chokes and win by submission. So does does the fact that his win over Nikita like Krylov happening ago. like five years ago change your thoughts on that at all? No. So I feel like um, it, you really can't go by the win over it. Or you could just say Dustin was going to submit uh, Port, um, Holloway tom- uh, tomorrow night. Because is Dustin, that not what's going to happen? No, no. <laughs> uh, that's not my pick. And uh, but Dustin does have a submission victory over Max Holloway. So if we were going by that train of thought, yeah, it could happen. But I do think that uh, Jimmy Manoa, Vulcan Ozdemir, Okami, Corey Anderson, Latifi, Dominic Reyes. I feel like uh, Ovin St. Preux has gone through a lot more of the ringer than Krylov has. Krylov has fought some tough competition. But his best wins are over, like, Emmanuel Newton and Fabio Maldonado. And really nobody else that's too amazing. Oh, Walt Harris is pretty good. Uh, but he's lost to some um, not-so-good names as well. And he's also lost to good guys like Misha Sherkinov and John Bokowitz, which are his last fights. So if we're going off the last five years, it's pretty close. But I still think St. Preux has gone through the tougher competition. Um I'm going to go with St. Prue, and I think St. Prue's more of a finisher, and he's got that Von Prue choke that is just so sick, and I want to see it every time he fights, and that's why I get excited for him to fight. I'm going with St. Prue's submission. All right. Preston? Uh, I got the same pick as Timmy. I have OSP. Uh, Krylov is kind of like a weird like gatekeeper kind of in the division right now. I think he's better than the lower tier, but once he steps up in that competition... He loses, and this is a perfect like gatekeeper type fight for him. OSP did not look that bad against uh, Reyes, who I think we previously mentioned on air kind of got gifted a decision over Volkan in his last fight. It was a yeah, close yeah. fight, but and he he's not. And then he calls out John Jones after that guy's on drugs. This hockey game is nuts. This here. hockey game is crazy. Three, San Jose three. has scored three goals in the last couple minutes. Yeah, it was three <laughs> nothing, and I was dreading my like damning myself for not taking the knights and now it's 3-3 so thank god i didn't bet this hockey game <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> sidetracked <laughs> yeah this is everything that happens if i bet but uh i'm, I'm gonna take uh, osp uh to outwork Kry- krylov uh get a decision i think jeff, jeff has osp too 
And actually, I know you said it was so long ago, but I don't think these guys have improved. Yeah, it's kind of like, like the same in a way. Because they, like, OSP is like a weird fighter, and Krylov is... The other side of a weird Yeah, fighter. like a lumbering, like, eh, he can get you out of there, not really. And then he looks like trash against Sarkinov and... Blockowitz is really good, but yeah, it's kind of different than. I mean, I know I did um, yeah. compare it to Holloway Poirier, but both of them have improved. Yeah, no, they've leaps like, and yeah. bounds. But I think it's going to be same same result. I'm going with OSP. So for me, the thing that's weird here is like like Krylov, Krylov's staying power has literally never been tested. He has never won nor lost by decision. So all of his fights have literally ended by no later than three minutes and 11 seconds into round two. I just don't think he has any staying power, and OSP has definitely demonstrated his ability to have staying power. Now, he has a tendency to lose a lot of his matches by decision, but he has at least claimed five victories over the course of his career by decision. Um, and most of the people who he's lost his decision victories against are people who he's managed to stand toe-to-toe with. I mean, we're talking about a man who managed to drag John Jones out to a decision victory in a five-round fight. Yep. Um, so to me, OSP is definitely the way to go on this one. Um, I mean, the times that he has been KO'd, TKO'd, or submitted have been rare and have been against, um, you know, subliminal talent or you know sublime talent if you will um like alir latifi um like somebody like jimmy manawa um and so honestly i'm i'm not going to hold those against him i don't think that uh krylov is going to be able to finish him and he's just absolutely proved that he can't win unless he finishes somebody so yeah st prue by decision easy cool clean sweep all right so we get that von prue choke though I still want that name to change the uh, Ovin's Von Proof. Yeah, J- yeah, Jason Von Flu. I don't know where he's at anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's right. a Von Flu choke, so his name's yeah. close enough to where they yeah, call yeah. it the Von Proof now. That's too funny. All right, so we're moving on to Alan Joban and Dwight Grant in our next fight on the main card. So with this one, Joban comes into this fight at a record of 16 and 6, hailing from the United States, standing at 6 feet tall with a reach of 73.5 inches and a leg reach of 41 inches. Going up against Dwight Grant, who has a record of 9 and 2, also hailing from the United States, standing at 6 foot 1 and a 78 inch reach and a 44 inch leg reach. Currently, the line on Joban Grant has Joban the plus 105 dog against Grant, the negative 115 favorite. So uh, the lines are really close on the, these fights, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Preston, take us down with um, Joban Grant. So Alan Joban, uh, his last fight, he wrecked Ben Saunders, but that was a while ago. Dwight Grant's been a little more active. He's not that great though like i think he's getting a lot of hype uh he was losing that fight against petrozoli before he caught him right at the end of the round like if he didn't catch him i think it was only in the first round though so like there's a lot of fight left but he knocked petrozoli out that was a good win for him before that he was really timid against zach otto didn't throw enough otto sort of got gifted a hometown decision because that fight was i think in milwaukee uh, and before that, Grant had a contender fight where he was actually, when he gets hit to the body, 
he wears down a bit. And Joban, I think, just mixes his striking up a lot more, more fluid, puts it on him a little more. And him being an underdog, I think, is blasphemy. I think he should be, like, minus 180 favorite. Uh, Joban? I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm all over Alan Joban. And I will more than likely be betting this fight. Uh, I'm going to take Alan Joban. Chef has Joban as well. I have uh, Alan Joban for all the same reasons uh, Preston said. I also uh, am definitely going with the Versace model. I was listening to that song earlier today. It's a sign. Uh, so Alan <laughs> Joban wins this fight. And uh, he's lost to only really good competition. Like the Nico Price loss was kind of crazy because uh, Nico Price is able to pull off those crazy defeats. Yeah. But then uh, Gunnar Nelson, Worley Alvarez, uh, Tumorov with wins over Bilal Muhammad, who we were talking about being pretty good earlier, uh, Mike Perry, etc. Uh, at the weigh-ins today, Alan Joban looked insane. Like, he brought it. And Alan Joban's usually a chill dude. Uh, he's excited for the fight. I feel like uh, Joban takes him out quick. Um, I feel like this is a first-round type TKO situation. All right. You took the words right out of my mouth. 100% Alan Joban, first-round TKO. I think he's just going to make absolute mincemeat out of Grant, Grant in the ring. Um, I think that if Grant tries to take it any other way, as much as Joe Bon, um, as much as neither of these guys are really wrestlers, um, I mean, Joe Bon's record stands for itself. He's definitely been able to take on and um, fight several other like wrestling heavy competitors in the past. So, um, I mean, if it has to go that route, he'll be able to win that route. I mean, I, I just don't see any league in which he's not going to be able to outclass Grant in this fight. Um, I also think it's blasphemous that he's the underdog. Absolute first-round TKO. I'm 100% on board with that. Clean sweep. Right on. Clean sweep for so the dog. I am going to be betting Alan Joe So we just condemned yeah, Preston to bet. No, I mean, I, I, I was... He was already like... Yeah, I was pretty yeah, was confident in this. But, he went uh, from 6 to midnight as soon as he heard that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Has the <laughs> Corolla um, fight started yet? Yeah, 10. It should start at like 10, I think. I wonder where that's at, but... Plus, though. Sorry it's on ESPN No, plus. no, no. You're yeah. good. All right. So with that, we have got our next fight on the main card. Before we get into our co-main event, uh, we have got Eric Anders taken on Khalil Roundtree Jr. Um, so with this, Anders comes into the fight currently standing at 6'1", with a reach of 75 inches and a leg reach of 43.5 inches. Whereas Roundtree comes into this fight also at 6'1", with 76.5-inch reach and a 44-inch leg reach. Currently, the line on Roundtree Anders has Roundtree at the plus 170 dog and Anders at the negative 185 favorite. So, Roundtree and uh, Roundtree Anders, um, why don't you give us your thoughts, Mr. Brian? So, I think Roundtree's a better striker, of course, right? Um, I think he's going to have a significant striking advantage over Eric Anders as Eric uh, was just a football player at Alabama not too long ago. This is very true. And um, I think Eric Anders is the more aggressive, more fight-type guy that has that dog in him that's going to be able to do a grindy type of fight. Um, so I'm going to go with Eric Anders to grind this one out on Clear Roundtree. Um, I think Eric Anders is eventually going to get his way into being great. 
I know he's still new and his um, UFC's career has well his UFC career has only been short it's been like two years but his MMA career only started in August of 2015 uh, as a professional so he's still getting it together and he's already fought Thiago Santos Alois Theodore and uh, Leota Machido uh, so Khalil will be his best win out of anybody and I said Leota Machido it's Machida. I'm not I, I know his name <laughs> I don't want to sound like that so I have to correct myself, but um, Khalil will be Eric's best win, but I think this is one that Eric can get. I think they matched him up a little too heavy in his last couple fights, and this is going to be the one where he's able to grind out a guy. So, so Eric also, Anders, uh, grindy out decision. Also of note on this fight, Eric Anders is actually coming up in weight to, uh, to take on this fight, coming up from his normal fighting weight of 185. Um, but Preston, your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm with Timmy. I think Eric Anders has gotten screwed. Uh, I had a bet on him against Lyoto Machida. I oh, thought yeah, he, he won, won that fight. fight. Uh, this has happened. In stereo. Yeah, this has happened to me quite a bit. I bet on a fighter. It comes to a close decision. I lose my bet because the judges are whack. Uh, Tiago Santos was a really tough fight for him. I don't, I feel like he took that fight as an injury replacement for someone else. I don't think that was his fight. He did. But he came I in. I'm trying to look up who. Yeah, but he came in, fought hard. Uh, Roundtree, his last fight was the Johnny Walker loss, I guess. Uh, Roundtree's, yeah. Roundtree's last fight was the Johnny Walker loss, and then before that he had a draw. Uh, no. He got killed Sorry, by Gokan Saki. No, he had the win against Gokan Saki. Oh, no, he beat, yeah, he knocked and then, he, Yeah, he looked um, good against him, yeah. Michael Olek. Oh man! That's, oh yeah, that guy. Name. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Sajduk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know him. Um, yeah, that was his. That was his no contest. I'm gonna side with Timmy. Uh, I'm gonna take Anders. I think he finally uses utilizes some of his wrestling, and I think his stamina is just way better than Roundtree. Going five with Machida shows something. Uh, I, yeah, I think Anders wins the fight. Uh, uses the wrestling. Bruises him up against the cage, takes it down. Uh, yeah, Eric Anders. Jeff is taking Roundtree, though, to get a dog in there. All right, well, Jeff is hanging out on an island yet again, as I'm 100% on your boy Anders. Roll Tide! Um, to take this one. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I, we've seen a few different football players come in and then try to make it in the UFC, and I think Anders is going to be one of the first true success stories from that route. Um, yeah, I, I think it... To me, it just comes down to, to more ways to win. And plus, we've seen a huge trend of fighters coming up in weight, um, being successful. Uh, to be fair, 205 is actually much closer to what he played at when he was actually in Birmingham um, on the Crimson Tide. So I think that this is going to be much more of a natural weight for him. I think it's going to allow him to have more power, more stamina. I think he's going to be feeling more himself. And I think that he's going to take Roundtree out um, for the win. I think that he's going to be able to land a TKO by the end of round two. All right, cool. Nice. Good picks besides Jeff. I have my uh, Alabama shirt on, so I had to take I like it, man. Oh, there you go. I saw my sister's uh, fiance wearing a Roll Tide shirt today, and I was like, oh, my God, she got him already transitioned over. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's too funny. All right, so we've got our co-main event next um, with Kevin Gastelum taking on Israel Stylebender Adesanya. Um, Kevin Gastelum comes into this one standing at 5'9", a reach of 71.5 inches and a leg reach of 39.5 inches. 
going up against the Stylebender, hailing from Nigeria, standing at 6'4", with a reach of 80 inches and a 44.5-inch leg reach. Currently, the five dimes odds on this fight have Adesanya as the negative 180 dog to Gastelum the plus, or I'm sorry, negative 180 favorite to Gastelum the plus 168 dog. So, uh, I know that you have some thoughts on Adesanya, Preston. So, I'm going to turn this one over to you first. Yeah, so I, I think Israel Adesanya is one of the more overrated fighters in the UFC. Uh, he did not look that great against Derek Brunson. People were saying that was like a landmark performance. Brunson kind of held him against the cage pretty easily. But then, of course, they separate couple big shots on the feet and Brunson's looking like chopped liver out there. Like he just couldn't withstand it. Uh, that being said, Gastelum is really a welterweight. He's at 185. He has an iffy win against Jacare. Another fight I don't think he won. I think that was a split. But he had a great knockout against Michael Bisbing. Bisbing retired soon after that. Bisbing that's to me isn't like that great of a win. Just Adesanya has too many advantages on the feet in this fight. His height, he's got to be like six or seven inches taller than Gastelum. Yes. Like, it's like the weigh-in today was absurd. He like, is, yeah, no, he is seven inches taller than yeah, Gastelum. like he towers over the guy. I think Adesanya wins this fight. Probably TKO, TKOs him round four. He wins this fight, and I think he gets murdered by Robert Whitaker. Uh, but I'm going to take Israel Adesanya in this fight. Uh, Jeff so, has Adesanya, too. So I just like the way you said that. Uh, I'm not laughing at your pick at all because that could totally happen. Um, Israel Adesanya is a phenomenal striker. He's really good. I uh, I don't know if he's overhyped as far as striking goes. Um, well, the promotion really must be because his first two fights, he didn't look good against... Uh, Wilkinson and Vittori, he did not look good. The Tavares fight, he looked really good. That got him Brunson, which got him Anderson, and now he's yeah. cast on. So I feel like um, that all leads up to what I was going to say. So um, Kelvin Gastelum's his biggest competition so far by a mile. Like the Anderson Silva fight was cool, but Anderson Silva versus Israel in his prime, especially after watching what happened recently everybody's choosing Anderson Silva in that fight, right? Like, it, on this panel, would would y'all have picked Anderson in his prime versus Israel? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's what yeah. the fight was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, um, and he did not just outwork Anderson or anything like that. Anderson won rounds, um, and he kind of, like, let the fifth round go by letting his hands down and played around a little bit. Um, I think that he's got a really tough matchup tomorrow. I know that he's got all the advantages, uh, physicality wise, the height, the reach, everything. Right? Um, I feel like Gastelum has a significantly better ground game. I feel like Gastelum throws these short hooks, and usually you pick straights over hooks, right? At least me, I'll pick straights over hooks all day, um, and that's what we're gonna see a lot of tomorrow. We're gonna see um, Israel Adesanya throwing uh, sh- straights at range using that length. Uh, much, I think that Adesanya using his length is a lot different than, like, let's say, Jalen Turner using his length. They're two different levels of strikers, right? So, I know that Gaslam has actually had a historical problem with getting in on guys with that kind of reach and doing what he has to do. But tomorrow night, I feel like uh, Gaslam's going to wade in. I feel like he's going to land a 
bomb of a left hook, and he's going to knock out um, Israel Adesanya. And I think it's going to happen pretty early, second round KO. All right. So I think that Kevin Gaslam definitely comes in with the, uh, you know, the pit bull frame, if you will, out of the two of them. Um, on this one, I think he's going to have the capability to actually throw his weight around quite a bit over Israel Adesanya. Adesanya is going to try to keep him at range. He's going to be quicker on the feet. Um, this was a really tough decision for me to make. I don't think that Gaslam is going to be able to land a knockout. Um, however, I do think that he is going to manage to get inside um, only because of the stamina. I think that he is going to realize either already knows going into this fight or is going to realize very early on that he is going to have to just wade through uh, you know, a flurry of punches from Adesanya as he tries to stay at range to get on the inside. I think he's actually going to take Adesanya down to the ground, um, and I think that we're actually going to see Gastelum win this fight by submission, um, but I think it's going to happen late, um, probably in the second round. Okay, 2-2. Two, two. All right. Two two. Cool. All right. Main event time. I like it. And then the main event we have Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier. So Max Holloway moving up in weight for this bout. Um, he's coming into this one at 5'11", 69-inch reach and a 42-inch leg reach going up against Dustin Poirier, who comes into this fight at 5'9", with a 72-inch reach and a 40.5-inch leg reach. And currently, our main event line has Max Holloway at the negative 190 favorite against Dustin Poirier, the plus 175 dog. So I'll turn this one over to Timmy Bryant to start us off this round. Um, Poirier, Holloway... So I'm what you say? <laughs> so I'm extremely excited for this fight. Um, I do not think that anybody should bet on it unless they're willing to maybe take a chance at losing, uh, because this is going to be a well. I know that's what betting is, right? But we're looking for uh, higher percentages of chances, right? Yeah, yeah, for this sure. Is, this is not a safe bet. This by is a fifty-fifty fight. Um, both of the guys are excellent strikers. They're both excellent on the ground. They're they're both pretty much excellent everywhere. Um, they both throw high volume. Um, I think that uh, Holloway has the volume advantage and maybe even a little bit of a stamina advantage. I think uh, Poirier has a power advantage for sure. Um, Holloway usually has to have a cum accumulation of punches to get somebody out of there. Do you think um, that changes with him moving up in weight? No. Okay. Just a question. So, so, well, it could. I just don't know. I've, I don't have any evidence to go by. So uh, that's where my no comes from. But um, I don't know who's going to win this fight. I'm going to lean towards Holloway because he's looked so good in his last performances. But I won't be surprised if Dustin just knocks the lights right out. Um, Dustin's a phenomenal fighter. They're, they're the best in the world. They deserve to be fighting for this um, belt. Uh, to get that shot at Khabib or Tony Ferguson. Lightweight is a shark tank. Uh, it's the best division in the UFC by a long shot. And uh, they, the lightweight division could almost be the pound-for-pound pound division if you just throw some other guys in there like John Jones, Robert Whitaker, Daniel Cormier, and those types of guys. Um, Holloway, not sure. Um, just going to say Holloway. All right, That's what I got. So you don't you don't know how he's gonna win? No man, no, no dude. This is so no hard. MOV. I could totally see Poirier knocking him out cold. I could see uh, Holloway winning that uh, 
volume-based decision, I almost cannot see Holloway getting Poirier out of there because getting Poirier out of there is going to take some real power. Uh, the only person I think that's gotten Poirier out of there is Connor. So and you did Mike, him Mike, you, you believe Johnson. that Dustin Poirier oh, yeah, could, Michael Johnson got him out of there. You believe Dustin Poirier could land Max Holloway's first ever KO. I think Dustin Poirier is the type of guy that could do that. Okay. Uh, Dustin Poirier has power and he's a really good boxer. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to lean towards Holloway. I guess five round decision. All right, Preston. Uh, Jeff has Max Holloway as well. I have been on the opposite end of Max Holloway fights since Ricardo Lamas was the last fight. I correctly, well, and, and Pettis and Aldo too, but like Holloway's big fights, Aldo won, Ortega, and now this fight, I just don't like his mentality going into this fight. He's completely looked over Dustin. He's talking about Khabib, and then he wants to defend his 145 belt in December. He said that on uh, MMA Fighting on YouTube. I've seen a lot of people say they don't like his mentality this and week. I'm, I, so I wrote a blog uh, yesterday. He did a sit-down with Brett Okamoto. It's like a 40-minute video. His whole attitude made me think he's a prick. Like, I hated how he was talking. I'm the king. Like, yeah, I tried to help Ortega. Put your hand up. I'm trying to help you. I want, you know... I'm I'm here to dominate, finish. Like just the way he's talking, I had Holloway. I'm I'm not taking him. I'm I'm on Poirier. I think I like it. I think Poirier because fuck that guy. Like no, that's basically what I just heard. But like, no, see, not because I necessarily absolutely think Poirier will win, but because fuck that guy. Because <laughs> no, because <laughs> well, here's the deal. Poirier though has been good to me. I've bet Poirier. He's won. He's won me money. I bet him against Gaethje. I bet him against Alvarez. I bet him against Pettis. He's done me good. Why am I going to go against him now? Holloway's moving up in weight. Poirier's a big guy. Poirier said Dude, yeah, today. Poirier by far is like the, the thicker fighter yeah. out of the two of these guys, like by a mile. And he said he looks today. looks like a brick house compared to Holloway. Uh, he has intentions of moving up to 170. I believe it. He uh, he looks like he's got a 170 fighter's frame. Yeah, so he's gonna be. And I know Ortega. He's just short. It was just I bought into the Ortega hype. I think a lot of people did against Holloway. Oh yeah, yeah. Because but Poirier does have a way to win. Poirier hits like a truck. He's gonna be there at the end. Holloway is too. But I think Poirier has some under underrated like grappling. Holloway was able to shrug off Ortega's takedowns. Because Ortega was just getting beat the hell up on the feet, so Ortega like couldn't see anything. Oh, like he destroyed. Yeah, like he couldn't do nothing. I think Poirier can mix it up enough. And like you said, I don't, th- I don't worry about Holloway overwhelming Poirier like he did Ortega, where he just accumulates. No, not at all. Because Poirier's going to get his shots in too, and I don't know if Max can take him. Because although the first fight, although hurt uh, Holloway a couple times, he just couldn't get him down like he couldn't like finish him and then he kind of gassed out and Max did his thing mm. like I don't know I, I'm taking Poirier and Poirier with Gaethje he's like one of the only guys to get him all the way out of there yeah I love uh, that That I love that fight that's Poirier has that real finishers yeah. mentality man I want to change my pick yeah. almost uh, I've been so on the fence with that shit <laughs> but again I, I I just can't pick a Holloway fight right he wins this fight. Who knows? Maybe he beats Khabib. I don't know. I, I'm taking Poirier. I think Poirier deserves it too. 
he doesn't really get the credit he deserves. Nope. Like, they're just throwing Max to the moon. Uh, yeah, Poirier. I think Poirier, uh, Poirier, uh, I'll say fifth round stoppage. All Ooh. right. I like so it. Fifth round TKO. The balls. All right, man. So uh, I am also going with Poirier on this one, but for totally different reasons um, <laughs> in this fight. I think that, uh, at least in my head, the narrative is I, I think that Max Holloway um, is going to come out there just to swing and think that, thinking that he's just going to like walk right through Dustin Poirier. Um, I think you're right. I think mentality has shown us a lot about what it can do to fighters. I mean, a la Kevin Lee. Um, what yeah. was that? You know, back in December. Take inside uh, Quinta. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kevin Lee's tripping though. <laughs> yeah. What? I say Kevin Lee was tripping though. Yeah, dude, for <laughs> real. Um, but you know, it's just he, they're they're not giving the the fighter that they're taking on in that moment the credit that they deserve. I think he's underestimating Dustin Poirier. I think he's going to come in there just try to get it over quick, being cocky. I think that he's going to make mistakes. I think Poirier is going to fight smart. He's going to be able to capitalize on that, and I don't think that Holloway is going to be able to dish out the damage that he needs to to really take out Poirier in this one. Even though, like you know, Poirier has been KO'd or TKO'd. But, I mean, we have to go – we have to at least go back three years before his last KO. And, you know, the one before that was five years ago to Conor McGregor. I'm not really going to hold that against him. I know that Preston, like, hates Conor McGregor. But you can't say that he's not a decent fighter. <laughs> no, no. Conor had – Conor uh, got caught him clean, you know. Yeah. Poirier no, was mixing Poirier actually well, landed but... more strikes than Conor in that fight, by the way. Yeah, I believe it. Um – so, but I think that I think that uh, Holloway, uh, at the new weight and with the amount of force that he's going to be trying to put behind the punches to actually really deal damage to Poirier, um, I think that he's going to start to gas out a little bit around round three. I think he's going to start making some mistakes, and I think that Poirier is going to capitalize. I think that he's actually going to win this round three submission. Nice. All right, so we are two. Split. Two. Yeah. yeah, Jeff has Holloway. Yeah, yeah. I I just. I don't know. I, I just couldn't stand, like, uh, everything he did this week for Media Week really rubbed me the wrong way. One thing, that I, th- one thing that I thought was really cool is you, there's a GIF uh, or a video of his son outside the ring right before he puts out uh, Brian Ortega. His son looks at him and goes, Dad, right now. And Max Holloway looks back at uh, Mini, Ma- Mini Blessed and goes, right now. And then he goes out and finishes uh, Brian Ortega right then. So it was a pretty cool little scene. Just looking at each other and being like, "Yeah, we're about to do it right this second. and then he goes and does it. Yeah, Max was, is Max is really good. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, I sh- I don't know. To be the best, you gotta be the beat the best, and the best, best is blessed. blessed, baby. Yeah, okay, Max. <laughs> Everybody knows that line yeah. by now. All right, I nope. guess that's the show. And, yeah, yeah, man, that's, that's the show. You ready to go to Applebee's? Yeah, dude, let's do this. Audie's going. Huh? Audi's gonna go. Is she really? Yeah. Oh, hey, Audi. I hope you're listening. I don't know. If Otherwise, she is. I just shouted at a bunch of people yeah, yeah, your name. Yeah. Anyways, right. let's wrap. So it. yep. So that's gonna be it for tonight, guys. So that was UFC 236. Um, of course, we'll all be tweeting out our picks for the fight, and Talking Hands will be tweeting out our picks um, before the actual fight goes down. So just remember, you're gonna check out your early prelims on Fight Pass. You're going to switch over to ESPN to watch your prelims. Um, and then your main card event is going to be the first pay-per-view coming through on ESPN+. Plus. You're not going to be able to get this on your standard cable service provider. It is going to be able uh, to be watched through ESPN+. Plus 
both on the ESPN Plus website and the app itself, so you will have a couple different formats with which you can get this fight. Um, but from there, we're going to go ahead and give another shout-out to our sponsors for the evening as we shut it down. Um, so if you suffer from stress, anxiety, joint pain, PTSD, or insomnia, then CBD may be the answer for you. And if you believe that it is, then you need to check out Natural Heights. Natural Heights is San Antonio's premier CBD oil retailer. They are located here in San Antonio at 1880 Nacogdoches Road. I encourage you to go online, check out naturalheightssatx.com. You can peruse all their wares. You can see all the different CBD candies, oils, and even CBD bud that they have for sale there. Um, and or if you prefer to check them out uh, by phone and give them a call and ask about some of their products or if it's going to be right for you, it, then you can reach out to them by phone at 210-592-1060. Again, that's 210 210- 592-1060 or check them out online at naturalheightssatx.com and since you are listening to us here on Pub Sports Radio, click on over to the merchandise page. Check out all the t-shirts, hats, koozies that we have for sale for Southtown 101, Pub Sports Radio, and Talking Hands. All of those come to us via Crooked Arm Printing. They are one of San Antonio's best printing services so if you have any printing needs in the greater san antonio area check out crooked arm printing whether it's t-shirts to hats to koozies to beer coolers crooked arm printing can meet your needs you can find them on facebook or instagram at crooked arm printing and last but certainly not least we are going to give a shout out to our gracious hosts this evening the southtown 101 studios here at southtown 101 bar and grill as you can probably hear in the background the dance floor is jumping let me tell you the ladies are out tonight so gentlemen if you were looking for something to do this evening come on down and ladies you know where the gents will be coming so come on down as well and the dance floor is jumping the drinks are always cold and we've got the best burgers that you could ever possibly ask for in downtown san antonio so other than that We hope you all have a wonderful night. Stay beautiful. We have been talking hands. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.